welcome, welcome back with another episode. It is BG and the coach with you as always. I am the coach and with me is my man BG. BG, what's happening? Coach, great to be back in the saddle again. Lots to talk about this week. The Olympics have just kicked off. That's got to be sports story number one, I would say. And frankly, I think the IOC, the Olympic, the International Olympic Committee, got that right eventually. Nailed it. They are getting getting a lot of slack and not just for their confusing abbreviated nickname, but also (laughs) because we're hosting the Olympics when the Delta variant of COVID is going crazy. From my understanding, zero people in Tokyo wanted the Olympics to happen. There are no crowds. It seems like every day we're reading a new story about a big name athlete who's tested positive and can no longer participate. But I think the craziest story, and maybe one that's not getting as much attention, is one that you sent me recently, Coach. Yeah, so there's... And we could spend the entire show just ripping on the Olympics. We're not going to go that route, but this was the most egregious. This would shatter the BG and the Coach official egregious meter, sponsored by (laughs) Grater's Ice Cream, of course. Oh, get me a scoop. it, It is a story around... The Norwegian women's beach handball team. They have been fined after their first match for not playing in bikinis. And the response from the IOC as to why that happened, which, by the way, they were fined $1,700 for, quote, improper clothing for wearing a bikini. They called bikinis improper clothing. Let that sink in for just a moment. What they tried doing instead is they came out in regular normal shorts just like the men's team does uh and the committee pointed to the rule book which and i kid you not i'm doing direct quotes here from the news story it requires them to wear midriff bearing tops and bikini bottoms that quote have a close fit and cut on an upward angle towards the top of the leg that's the official rule book (laughs) i'm reading from right now that, that's actually the original rule book as well from when we did this in the time of the Greeks. I'm pretty sure that specific rule has not been updated since, which is pretty wild. And I, we should say from the top, we know that we're talking down to our audience because obviously all of our listeners are incredibly big fans of mm-hmm. beach handball. So I know we're probably going over a story that you've been debating at the water cooler ad nauseum, but when you sent me this story, I was shocked both that beach handball is a sport but also that something like this is still going on. And you heard coach say that they were fined $1,700. And I think the initial reaction to anyone when you're thinking about sports is, oh, you know, that's pocket change to today's athletes. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's important to remember that for most, I would say even, you know, in the upper 90% of Olympic athletes, three and a half years out of the four-year cycle, they're average Joes. So that is a huge fine for not wearing a bikini. I want to spend the rest of the show. I'm tempted to spend the rest of the show just continuing to quote the Norwegian Handball Federation president, who let's take a pause to acknowledge the fact that there's a Norwegian Handball Federation. That's really something. (laughs) But this uh, Carrie Gare, Leo, uh, is the president and says, quote, for as the rationale for why they're being fined, it's, quote, not appropriate clothing for the activity when they are playing in the sand. What does that even mean? Well, first off, raise your glass for, I'm pretty sure the first BG and the coach official quote, that was about as factually accurate as we've ever gotten Did on not the pronounce show, so. any part <laughs> raise, of his name correctly. Raise, raise your glass. But no, there, there's, it, 
if you're even trying to defend this rule, you've already gone down the wrong path. This is, and, and also it says something when the defense, when the, the line to try and show how ridiculous it is, is to say, well, the men don't have to wear Speedos. The fact that we're even getting into any of this is, is such a wild, crazy departure from what should be normal. The furthest thing from normal. But BG, let's not go down this rabbit hole. Every other podcast in America, TV show, analyst, etc., is ripping on the Olympics right now. The International Handball Federation has never gotten this much publicity before. Their Twitter followers had doubled to four. But anyway, that's not the point. That's not the point. The point here, BG, is that we have a chance, similar to what we've done for, I think, baseball in previous episodes, giving them ample tips as to how to improve their product. I think we can do the same with the Olympic Committee. Um, I don't think any two idiots have more bona fide credentials than the two of us do. And it would be almost wasteful for us not to share our ideas with them. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it'd be a disservice to society for us not to. And I think everyone has probably come up with some harebrained ideas for what should be an Olympic sport. But here at Beijing the Coach, we've really sat down, we've put our heads together, and we've come up with some incredible, very realistic, practical examples for what should be an Olympic sport. And frankly, I think it should be instituted starting with the, the next round of games, which I'm pretty sure is in eight months. I think they should do it this week. Let's get into the <laughs> ideas and you be the judge as to how quickly they should be instituted. But what we're really trying to do here, BG, right, is we want to come up with, listen, there's a viewership problem right now. People are turned off from the whole event. We want to formulate ideas for sports, not currently in the Olympics, but ones that were they to be included would be absolute attention getters without a shadow of a doubt events that even if you were dead set against watching the Olympics, once you heard one of these sports ideas, you'd have no choice, but to tune in. No matter the time delay, no matter what, these are ready to sell ideas that we are basically gift wrapping to the IOC coach. And I have each come up with two ideas and coach, do you want to kick it off with your first idea? Okay. I think we start the ideas. Let's start with the most normal and probably most palatable to people listening, and then get into the sheer lunacy ideas. So the first one I've got right off the bat, very simple, arm wrestling. Now hear me out easy. on this, BG. Great. So easy. Here's something about arm wrestling. If you're the Olympics and you are going to claim to be this bastion of celebration for the human spirit and body, there is nothing more basic, more visceral than seeing Two men, could be two women, could be a man and a woman. We're all about equality here. Locking arms and engaging in just pure brute force with one another. When you are at the bar and you see two people arm wrestling, <laughs> don't, don't stop me there. Don't stop me to ask what bars am I going to? I don't know. Oh, Coach, we definitely need to have a long heart to heart about your bar carousing activities. I I don't think I've ever been to a bar. Let's just power just through. Saw a good old arm wrestling. Let's break power out. through. When you are visiting your local library and going through the book stacks, and suddenly to your right, you see yet <laughs> another arm wrestling contest go down. Without fit, you have to turn your head and watch. It doesn't matter if you know the people, you don't. There is something that is gripping about an arm wrestling match that it doesn't. I mean, your grandmother could be watching and she'd have no choice but to tune in. This is the most basic idea for how to get eyeballs onto the screen. 
This is a an offshoot, if you will, of my patented theory on no matter where you are at any point in the day, if the song Halfway There by Bon Jovi comes on, you will turn your hand into a mic, turn to the nearest stranger, and the two of you will sing into it together. I think this is the the offshoot of the corollary of that. And I totally agree with you, other than I don't go to any bars where arm fight, arm wrestling. What about libraries? Libraries? No, out. no one's Library, I'll give you. Then? Library, that's okay. that's common. Maybe been to one, been to them all. That's I don't, Honestly, I don't think I've been to the library and not seen somebody arm wrestling at this point. <laughs> that, thank you. So, so other other than, than <laughs> that weird twist that we had, I completely agree with you. You would not be able to turn away. And I think we'd get some high drama moments, if you will, because we've all seen instances where some huge dude or some huge woman goes up against someone who looks like more of a pipsqueak and the pipsqueak ends up winning handily. And I think that there would be some high drama moments that we would see. I'll also point out that as far as the coach and I are concerned, you can wear whatever the hell you want during this event. Even if it's held outdoors, you can be in a bikini, you can be in shorts. There's no clothing restrictions for this. And it'd be quick too. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to invest a lot of time. Yeah. I, for the most part, I've seen, I guess, you know, arm wrestling matches can go on for a while. But the point is that even if they do go on for a while, don't they capture the ultimate spirit of drama and back and forth? That swaying of the arm to the left and right, I just can't imagine a more <laughs> captivating sport. Oh, the pendulum swinging. It, it, it'd be a beautiful <laughs> image. I do think, and this is a common theme on BG and the coach when it comes to rules. I think I think we'd have to set some very specific rules because everybody has their own idea of what constitutes fair and not fair when it comes to arm wrestling. For instance, coach, I think we can all agree you can't lift your elbow off the table. That is a that is the number one no no when it comes to arm wrestling. But can you do a little tickle with the pinky on the hand? (laughs) I've seen that move. Is that legal? I don't know. The Russians actually, the Russians almost got evicted (laughs) from the sport for doing the pinky thing. Yeah, that was a huge scandal back in 1978. Yeah, that was the steroid era of of arm wrestling, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the old pinky tickle. Hate to see that happen. Pinky tickle is, you know, we'd have to dedicate an entire show just to the pinky tickle, as all of our listeners undoubtedly would agree. The elbow on the table, though, that is a uh, that is foundational. That's universal, I think. Yeah, we can't get this idea off the ground unless we all agree on that. Um, I I would add one other stipulation to this: there has to be a referee. Um, I can't tell you how many friendships have been broken over arm wrestling matches with people decrying the fact that their arm wasn't actually pinned. So you'd have to have a ref hovering right over the action. And let me just add one more thing to this. I have seen professional arm wrestling matches, and they always have padding on the sides of the arm. So when you slam your opponent's arm down, it's into like this pad on the side, on either side. I hate that. I hate that. The beauty of the sport is in slamming that other person's hand down into some, it can be iron, metal, wood, whatever it is. You got to hear that clang of knuckles and bones being smashed into a surface with the padding. It destroys the sport for me. We're we're once again going to have to have a long heart to heart talk off air about your TV watching <laughs> behavior. But putting that aside, I once again could not agree more. Don't 
no, we're not bringing pads. Pads for the amateurs. If you want Olympic glory, you got to risk having your hand slammed down on, on uh, whether it's a table, it could be a cement block. I, it doesn't bother me, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're getting the pads out of here. This isn't bumpers okay. with bowling. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. With that, I think the IOC has enough to work with to get this off the ground and make this their prime time event. Yes, for sure. So coach, love idea number one. I'm going to mm-hmm. throw my first idea at you. And I will also choose the more practical of ideas similar to yours involving um, when you just boil down to it, a Mano El Mano contest of brute force. Mine is very similar. Probably everyone will hearken back to their days of young in the, in the pool. But I think the IOC starting tomorrow needs to introduce chicken fighting. And let me be very clear when I say this, I am not talking about actual chickens fighting each other. Before PETA starts sending legal us, disclaimer, yeah, Hit them with legal disclaimer. and I know, I know our millions of listeners, there, there are probably a lot of animal lovers out there. That is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about four people in a pool, two people with their feet on the ground, two people on their shoulders, and the people on the shoulders go after each other. Just yeah. good old fashioned chicken fight. I will say, I just want to cut you off slightly. If it does mean getting a few additional Twitter followers, we would consider endorsing cockfighting <laughs> as well. That's, I don't want to put that off the table. That's something that we're open to through sponsorships and Twitter followers. But I don't want to lose sight of the idea here. You're spot on. And your idea falls into the same category as arm wrestling in that your, your attention is always going to be drawn to it. I don't care what pool parties you've been attending Whenever there's a chicken fight that breaks out, I've been in mid-conversation, and it could be the most serious conversation of my life. If I hear the makings of a chicken fight going on, head snaps to attention in that direction, even in mid-conversation. Yeah, same thing if it it happens at a bar or the library. Same thing. You are absolutely going to be focusing on the chicken fight. And also, just think about the level of strategy Mm -hmm. you have to break down. Who hasn't been paired up with someone and thought, okay, are you going to jump up on top? Should I jump up on top? Who's got better fighting skills? And going back down to the rules again, similar to with the arm wrestling, I think we'll need to work out a few things. Can the two people on the bottom fight each other? Is it going to be a men's division, a women's division, a co-ed division? I think there's a lot for the IOC to figure out, but there is zero chance I'm not watching chicken fight at the Olympics. I'm co-signing this. I'm absolutely co-signing it. I I mean, I'll tell you right, if you're a strategy perspective, you're right. The strategy of chicken makes chess look like it's tic-tac-toe, which we should do a quick sidebar here of ideas that absolutely did not make the cut. And we think were the worst ideas for the Olympics. Tic-tac-toe. No one wants to see (laughs) 5,000 draws in a row was right up there, right up there. Although I'd almost be tempted to do it for the only non-draw and just be like, how, how would you, how did you not realize that it's everyone knows at this point, right? It's, it's impossible not to draw unless you've had too much to drink. So I'd almost watch it for that perspective, but no, that, that one's out. I love chess, but chess is out. Chess is out. I think the right, perhaps the worst idea would be air hockey. How nauseating (laughs) would that be to follow? I've been nauseous just playing it let alone trying to follow that on a TV screen. That might be at the top of the list. Also, the amount of commercial breaks you'd have to take every time the air like kind of goes out, so the puck <laughs> is a little bit moving, and then you argue have over, to call well, it was parents. on my side. Yeah, who's you ran out of quarters. Do you need to feed it back in? Get the manager because you felt like you didn't get enough time on that. Yeah, there would be all kinds of issues. With I don't know how we still have not perfected air hockey machines, but it, we, there'd be issues. 
we're focusing way too much on putting people on Mars and getting into outer space. Let's shift the focus, billionaires, to what's important. Yeah. Come on. Also, not making the cut, foosball. Yeah. I don't, I'm, and I actually loved playing foosball as a kid, but I mean, the agony of the ball falling just perfectly between <laughs> all the players and having that standstill, it would probably have shut down the Olympics single handedly. <laughs> Not only that, but the hour long argument that would occur when the ball is dropped. And one person's mm-hmm. complaining, oh, no, you did it. You did it a little bit closer to his side. Yeah, it's you put some spin on it. They put yeah. always <laughs> put spin on it. And speaking of spin, like I, I think the rule book would fall apart with spinning the handles. I was, I, mean, you, I was just going to say, what's the rule? Because I've always been an anti-spinner. I don't if you're coming to foosball, don't do that crazy spin of the handlebar. You're not even playing at that point. I've been That's asked strategy. I was asked to leave multiple birthday parties for being adamant about spinning. I wouldn't let it go. I wouldn't let it go. It's that fast-paced, action-packed way of playing the sport, and I was disgusted that people would be against it. BG, it's sad to hear that you're in that camp. You you would be kicked out of my birthday party, and that is a hill I'm willing to die on. There's no there's no effort involved in that. There's a ton of effort. I was sweating. I think I got carpal tunnel after a few years. In fact, derailed what was a promising career. But okay. We, we, speaking of derailed, we went pretty deep into the list of events that definitely should not be in the Olympics. And I think the IOC is going to appreciate that because yes. something tells me that they are seriously looking into air hockey. And that's got me concerned. But let's go back. We each laid out one idea. We got arm wrestling and we got chicken fights. Now let's wait a little bit into the completely non-practical side of things. But still, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. But absolutely, they should be, still be doing this. With a dream, there's absolutely a way. Here's my idea. What do people love more than a good car chase? Every single movie, and I do mean every movie, has a car chase. Even Pocahontas had a car chase. (laughs) Don't, don't. Don't go rewatch the movie. Director's cut for it. Director's cut. You'll have to. It's the Snyder cut, but it's there. (laughs) Every movie's got it. And evidently, we can't get enough of it. You would think at this point we have exhausted every single possible scenario in a car chase, but that's not the case. Given that the Olympic Committee could use the Olympic Village to set up just that, the Olympians would essentially be the stunt doubles that perform (laughs) all those car chases. And you'd have the village set up. Everyone would have to sign a waiver. It'd be a doozy of a waiver. But they'd all sign a waiver to kind of just act normally in the village. And suddenly a car would rip through the streets followed by a series of other cars. And the first one to chase down that lead car would win gold. Tell me, tell me a single pitfall or something impractical about this idea. I dare you, BG. Coach, I I see you're very impassioned. So I'm going to, I'm going to tread carefully here because I've got, I've got a big question for you. And then after you've answered, I'm going to follow up your question with my second idea, which is a minor tweak to your idea. Let me just first say, I love your idea. The endorsement possibilities with Vin Diesel and The Rock basically write themselves endless. Absolutely endless. What constitutes, though, chasing down the vehicle? Because it's not a race. It's a chase, which I think you you went in the right direction there because give the people what they want. Uh, I love using the Olympic Village as the setting because what's greater than seeing those Olympians have to dive out of the way in fear of their life? 
<laughs> but I, what constitutes, we're just joking. What constitutes winning in that sense? Is it the first car that hits the, yeah. the car that they're chasing? Do they have to actually get the vehicle to stop? And again, Ed, I don't want to be that guy who dives too much into the rules, but that was the only flaw that I could see. Yeah. And your use of flaw is unnecessarily <laughs> harsh. It's just a small detail we need to address. I'm it's still like angry a... about the spinning, so forgive me if I'm being harsh. <laughs> There's a lot of tension, a lot of tension on the air right now. I would say it is you just got to hit the car because at the end of the day, that's all they're really trying to do. It never happens that way in the movies. Inevitably, like both cars fly off a cliff, and I'm open to that possibility <laughs> as well in the Olympics. That we shouldn't take that off the table, but. I think it's just hit coming for the sake of simplicity, which I think is part of our BG and the coach game plan here in the same vein as arm wrestling, et cetera. We need simple events that every person of all ages, nationalities, et cetera, can understand intuitively. Just touch the car. It's like tag. First one to tap the car. That's your winner. I like that. Okay. I like that. That makes it sound much better to me. And like you said, simplistic, I'm going to take your idea for my second idea, tweak it a little bit. Because I said the, the, the issue is we may not know who the winner is. I'm going to go back to the race idea. And I know what people are saying. That's a thing. It's called NASCAR. But let me turn <laughs> it on its head a little bit. I think we need to get some kind of Mario Kart-esque racing going on at the Olympics. My God. And I don't know if that means Koopa shells. I don't know if that means banana peels. I don't know if that means everyone has to dress up as one of the characters. Obviously, everyone's going with Bowser. But we need some kind of Mario Kart style racing. And it could be Mario Kart drinking because we've all been there. But we need some kind of Mario Kart racing at the Olympics. BG, I am sitting here. I know you can see me. Our listeners can't. I am stunned. Stunned at the brilliance of your idea. <laughs> it's perhaps the only thing that could make me come around to the fact that you don't allow spinning in foosball. This has completely redeemed yourself. Redemption. This takes my idea, which is pretty close to perfection, once you overlook the thousands of things that don't make <laughs> sense with it, and made it so much better. If you're going to go impractical, I think what you're saying, BG, is go all the way and recreate people's favorite video game experience in real life. Yeah. Yes. To, your, to your point exactly, let's not dip our toe into the water of impracticality. Let's jump right in. Because if you tell me if the Olympics announced tomorrow, going forward at every Summer Olympics, we're going to have Mario Kart. Was there a single person on the planet who wouldn't watch? Oh my gosh, I'm still stuck. It's actually tough for me to formulate words at this point. I almost want to, I think we just need to cut that 10 second snippet of you pitching that, delete the rest of this show, send it to the IOC, uh, you know, put it in front of the, the Norwegian Handball Federation yes. as well. Yeah, you we want to talk use about that lobby. That's, yeah. There's no more lobby powerful <laughs> yes. than that one. I was going to say, you want to talk about lobbies that are rising to the top of, of power right now. It's certainly our, our Norwegian friend. And I know what people are thinking. How are we going to recreate that weird, trippy rainbow course? <laughs> These are details that, that the experts can work with. We're just the idea, guys. We can't solve everything. It's a 25-minute yeah, show. Guess, come, Be come reasonable. On. Yeah, we're, we're doing the best we can. And frankly, I think that's a terrific idea. We've given them more than enough. That's my favorite idea, hands down. And if for whatever reason they didn't want to take all four of these ideas, which would be criminal, you got to go with but, the Mario Kart. No question. Yeah, of the four, Mario Kart for sure. But I think to your point, 
why would you, if you're giving gift wrapped four incredible ideas for your next Olympics, I don't know why you wouldn't take all of them. Agreed. Coach, before we wrap up today, I do want to quickly try and fit in one more topic. I know we're getting a little short on time, but news recently came out. We're talking about breaking news within the last couple of days that the Cleveland baseball team, formerly known as the Indians, mm-hmm. are changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians. Coach, I know that you and I have a lot of thoughts on both of the on this name change, including how terrible the name is, but how much better it is than Washington football team. All I want to get out there before we wrap up today is that clearly this name should have been the Cleveland River Fires. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything else for me to say. That's just sky is blue, grass is green. Name should have been the Cleveland River Fires. That's the bottom line here. How did they mess this up so badly? And, and for a team that brought out America's dad, Tom Hanks, to do their announcement video, the fact that they would then whiff on such a great name, given how the ideas are going in this show, maybe we should just have a TED Talk at this point. I I would wish you start signing off. Thank you for coming to our TED talk yes. after every episode, <laughs> but also just to go back one thing you said, why in the world did Tom Hanks agree to do that video? Knowing the team name. I meant to Google that I probably should have before the show, whether he's from Cleveland. I don't think he is. So I'm very confused about his connection to all of this. And I'm very confused to your point, why he didn't step up and say, mm, actually, I feel like we should maybe just change the name real quickly. I never thought there could be a single event that could undo a lifetime of work at the highest level of the acting profession across comedy, drama, war, etc. And yet Tom Hanks managed to do that in the span of about two and a half minutes in that video. I think we need to actually take back all of his Oscars. I don't want to do this, but Tom, we're the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> and just to, just to bring this full circle, because I'm getting our producers actually in our ear right now, We told you at the top of the show that the Norwegian beach handball women's team had been fined. Mm -hmm. We are now getting word that friend of the show, Pink, the pop superstar, has offered to pay all of the fines for those women. Uh, Love that move. Love that she's such a fan of this show. And I believe if you are trying to look up BG and the coach on Twitter at work and you get in trouble with your boss, Pink will also be happy to pay any kind of docked pay that you get. So don't let anything like that get in your way. If you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We're always available. Until next time, enjoy another scoop of The Brooders. Brooders.